What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, sinks and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel. It's been so much fun getting a chance to bring to you some of the amazing guests that I have gotten the opportunity to chat with, and this is going to be a fun month full of great guests. You do not want to miss it. First and foremost, I need you to go ahead, and if you are on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that notification bell, hit the subscribe button. But it is free and guess what great content is coming your way with track talk and a bucket of track talk and fried chicken as the track season is officially here we are kicking it the indoor season is hot with the performances and the great times that we are seeing not just in the pros but on the collegiate and high school level as well so we'll be talking about that please be sure to follow us on social media lactic acid underscore pod on instagram dom smith under i'm sorry on twitter dom smith underscore news on twitter lactic acid podcast on instagram um and so yes please be sure to check out uh those platforms give me a follow hit the notification bell that way you're updated when the new episodes drop today i have a canadian legend she is a baller she made the world championship team in 2019 and then turned around and did the same thing making the olympic team in 2021 technically because of the COVID year and she is looking to bounce back um, and do great things this season as I know she will in the sprint she is none other than Miss Maddie Price it was such an honor to get a chance to talk to her she is truly one of the coolest people ever she has proved that Duke and Carolina fans can get along I'm a North Carolina basketball fan. She ran for Duke, and we talked about that. She did incredible things uh, when she got to Duke and throughout her career, and she translated that onto the professional scene. We're talking about having a chance to balance the proper amount of rest and getting the proper rest with athletics. We talk about food, obviously barbecue. Listen, she hooked me on some good food uh, that's happening in Durham. We talked about her want and her love of motivating the youth and being that motivation to them getting the chance to speak to them and overcoming injury so it's an episode that you do not want to miss i do need you to do two more things we are partnered with track barn great people carl's doing amazing things with that company and guess what go on their website it's in the show notes uh, www.trackbarn.com if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're in need of track and field equipment, gear, all of the above, please, please, please be sure to go on their site, get what you need. And when you get to the checkout line, type in Lactic Acid 10 and guess what? You get 10% off your order. Also, fastwomen.com. They are bringing the best, the best content in your newsletter um, it's created by Allison Wade. She does a great job of informing the greater track and field audience and just anybody who's a fan of running. Um, she does an incredible job of keeping everybody up to date with her weekly newsletter. It's actually fastwomen.org. So www.fastwomen.org. Please go ahead and subscribe um, to that newsletter. You get it in your inbox Monday mornings at 5 a.m. sharp, and it is the best thing you will read all week. Wishing everybody love, peace, and chicken grease, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome. 
What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. Today, I have a certified baller, shot caller. She's running circles around the track faster than you are running to your refrigerator. Made the Olympic team, the world championship team, and is poised for a big year doing big things on and off the track. The only fault I have with her is that she went to Duke. Uh, that's because I am a UNC fan. Shout out to the Tar Heels. Great day to be a Tar Heel. Um, so uh, that's it. But other than that, I am super pumped to have her on the show. None other than the pride of Canada herself, Miss Maggie. Maddie Price. Maddie, what's going on, fam? Appreciate you coming on the show. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be chatting with you today. Can't believe you're a Tar Heel fan, though. That's right. We'll we'll let it slide today. We'll let it slide today. (laughs) It's it's insane. On this show, I have had um, NC State Wolfpack. Okay. um, Two of them. Marley Starlopper, Kate Sanborn. But our basketball team beat them, so I'm okay with that. (laughs) <laughs> and then you will be the first of two Duke Blue Devils. I have, I have, I'm interviewing Brittany Avini on Sunday. Yes. Um, oh, my girl, my training partner. So, okay, perfect. So, yeah, that's, um, right. that's awesome. So now I have to deal with that. Um, but you guys are having a worse season than us, so I feel a little better. But like yeah. I said, it's it's all it's all good. It's all good. You know, we, we can still be friends. You know, it's all good. All through exactly. a no filler. You know how we do on this show. <laughs> so I've been asking this question to kick off the new year. Since we are in the new year, let's just say, you know, Food Network and <laughs> whoever is over these uh, ABC. Let's say ABC. Food Network and ABC came together. They had dinner one night. They say, you know, this girl from Canada, Maddie, she she is about that life. She is a really big doggone deal, and we need to celebrate her awesomeness in the only way we know how. And Frito-Lay overheard this conversation. He said, uh-uh, <laughs> y'all ain't finna have this dinner without us. And so we want to be a part of this celebration, too. So to celebrate your awesomeness they want to come up with a winter promotion that centers around the awesome human being that you are okay food networks like we just paid guy fietti and bobby for all this money we can't afford to put another bacon championship on or anything like that and chopped is just too crazy so we're going to do something different we want her to give us a custom burger or pizza or any dish that she says you got to put this on you have to put this on and we will put that custom meal on every menu in the world that we are affiliated with mm-hmm. abc was like you know we have all these award shows whether it's the tony's or i uh, Grammys is on cbs so whatever so let's just say abc cbs it don't matter um but they were like listen we want her to be in this show but she can be the plus one for any if it's a musical award you can be the plus one for any musician or the plus one for any actor or actress at the award ceremony and we're going to roll out the red carpet for and everything and then frito-lay was like hold up let's get the potato chip game in this she and it don't have to be frito-lay it could be you know the cape cod brand or whoever does miss vicky's i I forgot all of them but (laughs) They said custom chip in her honor. So what we need to know, what not we, because, you know, I'm not in this, but what they need to know, what is the custom burger, pizza, or just can't miss meal? Mm-hmm. 
What is the award show that you would like to attend? And specifically, well, who would you like to be the plus one with? And what are we doing about these potato chips? Oh, gosh. Okay. This is a fun question. I love this. I listened to a good amount of the interview with Trevor Bassett. So I kind of heard you ask this question. I was like, this is sweet. I love that you started off with this. I love this. Um, Okay. Love it. Okay. So Food Network with the dish that I would put on all their different kind of menus and all the different restaurants, the first thing that comes to mind and the thing that I feel like I've eaten probably the most in my life and my favorite dish is my mom's spaghetti. And I think everybody loves spaghetti. Everybody loves a home cooked classic kind of comfort food. My mom puts red wine in it and makes kind of, and then lets the sauce simmer down. And it's just, Oh, so many good flavors. Um, with some meat in there as well. Always put some, some ground beef or you could put ground Turkey or something, get a little protein in there. So I would say that would be my dish that I would bring to all the different menus. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I've never red wine and some spaghetti. Listen, I you, you killing two <laughs> birds with one stone. I, I can see that. Get a nice little, nice little drink, and then oh, that sounds good. And then right? get I that think, uh, Ooh, exactly. that's, there are levels to this game, and I think your mom just hit the like level 10. Ooh, right? oh, I, I, I need some of that spaghetti. Um, if she's selling it, please, please let me know. Um, oh, I will. So, so, I, will. so, I, so I can get a plate with some garlic bread um and and a piece of fried chicken so what are we right. doing um that that's a southern it. thing or that's just a me and my family thing um yeah, but what are we doing about this award show which you know who who's your plus mm-hmm. one who who you're going with where you're going mm. again kind of the first thing that came to mind and this is because i i grew up loving all her music and singing to her i grew up loving to sing for a long time and um, it would be going to the Grammys with Alicia Keys. I love Alicia oh. Keys more than anyone. And just like kind of all her songs and what she stands for as a woman and as a mother. And just, you know, she went for so long without makeup and just showing like kind of natural beauty of women and just she's incredible. So um, I would say I would love to go with her, get to know her, get to have a night with her. And then hopefully she's performed at so many Grammys. So it'd be cool if she got to perform at that Grammys as well, get to see her perform there as well. So that would be the artist that I would go to in the award show I would go to. We're going to get back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> we, we will get back to that. But what are we doing about the chips? Oh, Okay, recently, some there's one favorite chip that I have been getting from Trader Joe's. So I'd have to like figure out a way to spin off of it because I can't just be copying Trader Joe's. But they make this like corn chip. It's kind of like a corn dipper chip, but they have this elote seasoning on it. That's kind of like a Mexican corn seasoning that they put on the chip. And it is just so good. So I have been, that's been like my favorite thing. I can't really buy them that much or else I'll finish the whole bag in one sitting. Which is great, exactly, but- Hey, so I would say something along those lines, whether it be a corn chip with kind of like a a low taste seasoning, maybe a little bit of lime. I love lime chips. So throw a little bit of lime in there, spice it up. So something along those lines. Wow. All you need <laughs> to do is put a little carne asada on that. And I'm, I'm right. with that. Oh, boy. Lord have mercy. I, I, do we have a Trader Joe's down here in the window? Yeah, because where are you based on it right now? Yeah. Born and raised still currently live in the swamp known as Orlando. Um, <laughs> we sure do have a Trader Joe's, and I'm going to go hit up Joe 
and uh, see what these chips are talking about. Yeah, but let me you, know. But you brought, I got you, fam. I got you. But you brought something up that touched my soul about 35 seconds ago. Alicia Keys. I'm 28, be 29 in April. I grew up listening to Homegirl. And I don't think, and maybe it's because I like, there's people who I interviewed that are younger than me or whatever the case might be. I, the respect that she does not get yeah. disturbs me. Uh, because, oh, like the, the songs just were flooding in my mind as, as you, <laughs> when you mentioned her name. What, what was your go-to song? What is your go-to song? My like one of my all time favorites is if I ain't got you just the piano oh. in that is just that hits every single time. Like you said, it hits my soul. It hits deep mm. on that one. So you're completely right. I feel like she doesn't get the amount of like recognition and respect that she's had in the music industry. I think she's also produced a lot too, if I'm mm -hmm. correct in saying oh, yeah. that. So she's just a, I think she's just a musical genius. Yeah. She's amazing. Man, that was my sub. Oh no, I'm already off. <laughs> Some people want it all. But I don't want nothing at all if it ain't you, baby. Yeah, Oof. so good. And then she had no one. Um, no one, no <laughs> one. Oh, Lord Jesus, let, let me stop because, you know, I, I, I can get rolling. <laughs> Shout out to Alicia. If you're listening to this, we love you. Go ahead and sponsor the show and, and find a sponsor for Maddie you. as well. You know, she balling on the track. Listen, we can enhance this music. Um, <laughs> invest in track and field so we can invest back in Alicia Keys. But, man, yeah. she just growing up, it, it was like she was it. She no was. music, just the piano. And she was doing some freaky stuff on that piano. She was. Um, she was. So, man, that touched my soul. Oh, good, um, good. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's, that was a nice trip. This is being recorded on a Thursday. That's a nice throwback Thursday for the show. So bless you for bringing <laughs> that excellence into the atmosphere of lactic acid. I, I just got to ask, why did you go to Duke? Of all these schools, you could have went to UNC Chapel Hill. You could have went to San Francisco. You could you could have ran for the Dons. Why you had to go to two of all the schools? Just <laughs> why? Tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think one, yeah, growing up in San Francisco area, I'm very appreciative that both my parents sort of pushed my sister and I to say, okay, if you have an opportunity to go play sports and go to school on a completely different coast and a completely different side of the country, then might as well take that. You can always like come back here and um, this will always be home. But if you have that opportunity and that's somewhere you want to be, then go do that. So I was really grateful that they were kind of like, hey, go explore, go have that adventure. Um, and then Duke itself, like, as you know, it's it's an incredible academic school. It's an incredible sports school, you know, really, really high in the ACC, if not top in the ACC. And when I came in um, to Duke in terms of the track program, the women's four by 400, the year before I came in, it was, I think, their first time making the NCAA championship in Oregon. And then ever since then, all my four years and then all the years after up until now they've that four by four has made the NCAA championships, if not the NCAA finals every single year. So it's been cool to kind of be a part of the early days of that sort of four by four legacy and women's track legacy. Now they've won two ACC championships on the women's side. So I think just for me as a young track athlete, and I really like school, those were big incentives yeah. for me to go to a place where I knew academically I'd be getting some amazing professors and amazing classes. And then also was 
got to be a part of um, an incredible track program that now has just gotten even better and still get to coach them now. Like I still live in Durham, North Carolina. I get to assistant coach or volunteer assistant coach with them now and see that progress. So, yeah. What Matt is pretty much saying is she put Duke on the map once you walked on campus. No. <laughs> Y'all, they weren't doing nothing on the track team. Then she she came on campus and said, listen, I'm here. Here we go. <laughs> and then they started winning. I see you. I got you. I got you. Listen, no, no, okay. no. That'll also be when you talk to Britt of any too. She, hey, she put Duke on the map big time as well. It's been it's been cool to just see the whole progression of all these different women come through and break records and kind of continue the program forward. So it's been really cool. Respect, respect. I, I respect that. I respect that. Duke is doing great things in the ACC on the track, and they're very exciting to watch. Um, yeah. So definitely, I'm not mad at it. But <laughs> speaking of pain, you run the 400, mm. uh, one of the toughest events in sports, and you're really good at it. So you balled out. So I watched that four by four and you ate up some ground. Like you ran like somebody owed you some money. You ran after that leg and you put Canada in a position to have a top five finish. Um, And so I actually watched a video. I I couldn't tell you who did it. Um, And to the person who did it, it was like a 10 minute video about your journey. Mm. And, you know, I, I pride myself on, well, I won't say I pride myself on it, but I ain't gonna lie. I was sitting there like, dang, what do allergies like come in the house? Like when you found out you made the Olympics, like, do I need to change my air filter? Uh, <laughs> almost and everything. Um, and you've just had this remarkable journey, and it really seems like as uh Michael Jordan said, I don't really know what this means, but I just have to say, he said the ceiling is the roof. So I I have to imagine that the roof is unmeasurable. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you ever kind of stop and reflect on the success that you've had so far as an athlete um, day in and day out? Mm, I love that question. I've been trying to do so more. I think like as athletes or high performers, whether you're an athlete or not, it can be easy to sort of like get caught up in what's that next thing now that I've achieved it. What's next, what's next, what's next, and not really see where you've come from. And exactly like you said, the journey that it took to get there. So I would say I I have been looking back and just being super proud of that, that young Maddie who just like played a bunch of different sports, kind of fell in love with track and had some great coaches and mentors along the way and just kind of kept coming back from injury and loss and all these different things to sort of try and make a dream a reality. Um, and yeah, it feels really special to be able to look back and I am really proud of myself and I am, I do feel like younger Maddie would be proud of the Maddie now. And I think that that feels really good. And I'm grateful to be able to say that. And I just want to kind of keep making my younger self proud and, and hopefully younger girls too, that they can kind of look and see that this is possible. And, um, help inspire them along that as well in kind of that gratitude for the journey that I've been on. Injuries, you know, they happen, they stink, you know, it's like taxes, you know, it's, you know, whether you, you know, cut your toenail the wrong way, or you actually have an injury that, you know, gives you, you know, puts you out for an extended period of time. But I do believe those moments, my mother always said, you never learn on the mountaintop. It's in, Mm -hmm. the Lord never teaches you on the mountaintop. It's just in the valley where you grow. And so what perspective have you gained, um, which will help you take that next step uh, to achieving the goals that you have um, throughout the down parts of your journey? 
Yeah. I mean, I love what you just said. That's, that's amazing from the mountaintop. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm even battling with a little calf injury that I'm coming back from right now. And I think like, I was kind of, I had some tears over it like two days ago, cause I was getting frustrated again. And even after Tokyo was kind of riddled with injuries last year, didn't make the world champ team last year, was just sort of battling all season long with injuries and, um, definitely lost some confidence was down on myself, but, um, knew that if I just keep stacking the chips, if I just keep trusting the team around me, my coaches, my support system, um, that I can keep kind of building again. So I feel like the perspective is trusting that team, trusting that process, and then also just controlling what you can control. I think like, I say that all the time. And I think so Mm -hmm. many athletes say it, like it's, it's such a, commonly said phrase control what you can control control the controllables but like it is so big I think if I can wake up in the morning and know that if I do my rehab if I can try and keep my mind right stay positive listen to some good music let's read some good books like just keep feeding myself with some positive energy then that'll help me also stack those chips on and off the track so I would say that's the been the biggest thing and then the support system like I you, you can't do any of this alone. So I really do feel like that's been the biggest thing as well. Um, my mom and sister in particular. It's funny. You are Canadian from the West coast, but I hear a Southern accent when you talk. Do you <laughs> I, know <what? laughs> I, I, I hear it. I've lived down in the South um, for 28 years. My family is rooted in Alabama. Obviously I'm here in Florida, but I, I hear, I'm like, I hear some acts. Like I hear these words coming out oh, in gosh. a way. And I'm like, oh, Lord, that's that North Carolina swag right there. <laughs> oh, God, there's a little vinegar, like North Carolina yeah, space vinegar it. barbecue. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I hear it's that spicy. vinegar. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that Carolina spice in there. So listen, I, oh. I'm with it. I'm with it. Like I always the say. Carolina that's... barbecue sauce, to your point, I really love Carolina barbecue sauce with the vinegary taste. I feel like it's people like kind of not hit or miss people love it or they kind of don't like the carolina so so, so let me just clarify i didn't say i like carolina barbecue sauce do you I, not oh i do not i do not Dang. i do not there's just too much vinegar and vinegar leads to what is on the name of the show it's called lactic acid and the acid <laughs> is in test like it's in here it's in the reflux i'm like no 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 can we get a little sugar uh, to mix and cut through that vinegar. No, 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 no. <laughs> Alabama, that's that's why I am here in Florida. So, no, no, I no, no, I'm <laughs> good. Yeah. So, um, no, but let's. So we will get the food in just a second. Don't don't you even worry about that. That's what we do here on this show. But I actually saw, uh, back in the day, my sources. <laughs> Uh, tell me and by sources another interview that I viewed um, that you used to hoop a little bit mm-hmm. yep. can we can we can we go back uh, you know back in the day you know pre-track Maddie the hooper that was was and will <laughs> always be can we talk a little bit about that tell me about your style as a basketball player mm, I love that you said will always be because I really do feel like I after track like I want to play in a bunch of pickup leagues. Like I would love to join a women's league or just join a just co-ed league, like whatever it is after track, just play basketball multiple times a week. Like I miss it a lot. Um, but right now can't, can't, can't not not risk those ankles. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, 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 not no. Not yet. yet. Basketball will have to wait. It'll always be there. But I like it. You said, we'll always be the Hooper. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I yeah grew up playing basketball since I was like, 
what, like five, six years old, was kind of thrown into soccer and basketball. Um, absolutely loved it. What was my style as a hooper? I was kind of more of a shooting guard. I loved to shoot. I played really good, aggressive defense. I was fast, so I could move my feet really well, kind of get in girls' faces, especially the ones with really good handles. I didn't have the best dribbling skills myself, so I would kind of sit on the side, get ready for when they pass me, get my shot up, and kind of could drive the lane pretty well. But yeah, that was kind of my strengths as a as a hooper. We had a pretty good team from my high school and played club for a little while. And yeah, just loved it. That's where I got like all three of my concussions or two of my concussions and stuff growing up. So definitely got to be a little careful with that. But at the same time, like absolutely love the game. And team sports, I think, just teach you so much um, as a kid. And like, I'm so grateful that I was able to have that because now with track and field, like it's more individual. Granted, we have good training partners, but um, that team side of it was just so much fun playing with my girls. So I, I, I'm hearing this, and I hear Clay Thompson. That, that's who I hear. <laughs> um, I loved him more than anything. Still do, but yeah. So he really, I like that. That's a, that's a such a nice compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you loved him. That means that that's past tense. What did he do? Uh, no, I still do. I still do. Okay. I still do. I just just because I don't live in the Bay anymore. Like I don't watch as much basketball anymore. I feel like on the East Coast, the games are on so late at night, and I'm already in bed by the time half of these games that's start. True. So. I just haven't haven't been up on on my Warriors since I was in high school. You uh, you have this persona. Um, there's this song uh, by Ice Cube. It's, it's old. It's called "Today Was a Good Day." Yes, I know and that uh, you know, just you know, I can't sing all the lyrics because this is a, a kids show. Um, <laughs> in, in a sense, uh, I try. Everybody else can curse. I don't care. I just try not to because uh, I never want to be in an interview and slip something, and it's like, ooh. Boy, credentials revoked. Nope, can't do that. Um, but you you the type that pull up to a park and just mess around, like you said in the lick, you mess around and get a triple double. Like I could just see you riding down the street in a car, be like, hey, y'all hooping real quick. And it's like, yeah, man, we we full. Nah, let me play. And she hit, she, she go clay. She she clay that hit th- that had 39 points in, in uh, the third quarter. That she that she that kind of baller. So I can yeah. definitely see that you have that swag. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. That swag. <laughs> uh I'm not gonna play basketball with you because I don't know. You you also got like listen that two piece in the biscuit, that old school type, like <laughs> I, that edge. So I, I ain't going to do that. You know, I just stand in the corner and, you know. I'll, Did I'll, you I'll play? Play. Did you play growing up as well? I played in a community league uh, for a year. Sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I ain't sweet. I got my ankle snatched like <laughs> lunch money. I was like, oh, no, I'll do. I'll, I'll go play something else. I <laughs> went back to football and, and then eventually settled in on track and field. I'm like, no, listen, I – that's just this just stupid. And I couldn't hit on my good days, I was broad. Mm. On my bad days, I was me. Because I couldn't hit there'd be times where I, I, I can go off and then there'd be times I couldn't hit the middle of the ocean if I was sitting in it. <laughs> um, so I'm not even I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna front there. Um yeah. so no, but one thing you come from a very very athletic family. I would say this: Who's the best thing, your opinion? Who's the best athlete in the family? I, it would have to be you because you've like, <laughs> I mean, you you went to the Olympics, you went to Qatar in Doha, and you're gonna go to Budapest this year. So like, like I I don't know. 
But I'm yeah. always curious about people with an athletic family. Who, who, and I know your dad was a baller too. Mm-hmm. So like who, who, but be honest, be honest. Yeah. I need honesty. Tell the truth, shame the devil. You're right. You're right. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I would say maybe myself, but I will with an asterisk. My little sister was, was, and still is super, super athletic. She played division one lacrosse for William and Mary. And she is so strong and so fast. And watching her play there was just like incredible. It was tough because she tore ACL one year and then her senior year got cut by COVID. And she just she just had like all these external factors that I think made it challenging for her in college to perform at the level that I think she was capable of potentially just with all these external things. Um, but yeah, I would say my sister is also just such an incredible athlete, like so strong. And then I think she has the mentality for it. Like she has so much heart and is so motivated and passionate that I feel like just mentally she was unbeatable. So I would say my sister and then, yeah, watching my dad grow up like race cars professionally, off-road motorcycles, like the amount of kind of commitment and perseverance through really, really tough challenges and obstacles when you're, you know, in the, in the Sahara desert and you have like 40 miles an hour winds blowing at you on a dirt bike and sandstorms and everything. And you're trying to do this um, kind of thousand seven hundred day race across mm-hmm. the desert, like just mm-hmm. to be able to finish a race like that. He was one of the first Canadians to ever finish a race like that, like one of the world's toughest motorsport competitions. Was so cool to see, like just the the brain and the mind and the soul that all have to be working together to kind of be able to push through and persevere and perform at that level. Just was so inspiring as a young kid. So I would say my dad as well. Like I kind of just said my whole family, but. <laughs> I bet your dad was an ace when it came to five o'clock traffic. <laughs> like I bet yeah. nothing. I bet nothing bothered that man. Like I, I'm willing to put a piece of chicken on that. I I'm willing to bet a Popeyes three piece. Yep. Um, <laughs> like that he was an ace. Like he should have taught. I hope he taught drive at school. <laughs> that's no, that's I, what I, I, he taught. He taught driving school to my sister and I. <laughs> okay, so listen, that's good enough. So we have two safe drivers on the road. What made you do? Praise exactly. Him. I still have one of his old cars, like a 1973 kind of classic car that he used to drive a lot that I learned how to drive stick on for the first time. So I have that here in North Carolina, which is really special that I get to try to drive that now after he's passed. So it's been, it's been cool. Oh man. I can't. Yeah. You, you real, you're a different one. Cause that, that oh. it's, it's hard to drive just a regular car, let alone uh, something that you have to operate every 10 seconds uh, with yeah. tons of people. So may, ooh, may he bless and keep you. Uh, Want to touch on this before we jump to the off track stuff. But the one, there's something I noticed, whether it was scrolling through social media um, or whatnot. This sport is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is, it is hard. Um, and it's never ending. It's never ending. And it challenges you in so many ways. But the one thing that I have noticed is that you have found like the golden ticket, which I think just from an outsider's point of view, and then just talking to other athletes, um, had Laura Thweet on the show, and we we you know talked about it when we we have a wings episode. Um <laughs> and the importance of rest and mm-hmm. balance that you find. Um you was balling hard in Paris or wherever it was in, in okay, France. Okay, yeah, to, to, whatever. Over there. Yeah, um, so just the little things, or I think it was London or something. I don't forgot. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, for the sake of proper attribution, I'll check it out in just a hair. But 
it seems that you have found a great balance of just relaxation doing and we'll get to that later on in the show about your work and inspiring the generation of the youth Mm -hmm. um but just the balance that you need not to let this overtake you how have you been able to properly consistently keep that balance to where you're able to take time away from this job and still you know enjoy yourself enjoy life keep your mentals you know strong and not let this sport define you does that does that make sense i know it's kind of a yes. loaded question but yeah no totally. i think it's an amazing question you phrased it and worded it really well um yeah i appreciate you saying that i think it's something I've had to work really hard on. And I think it's not natural for me. And for a lot of people, it's not my default to go and like want to kind of take a lot of rest and want to sort of not push, push, push all the time. Um, but it's been something I've had to force and learn my and teach myself to do. Um, and with the help of my sports psychologist, especially, um, and my coach, like when I have meetings with my coach, he'll say, okay, Maddie, did you have your athletes respite this week? That's what he'll call it. And it can't be something that you already kind of do. Like I already read before bed a little bit and that's fine. That's restful, but it has to be more intentional. It has to be like, and it can be whatever it is that you want. So for me, something I really like taking my dog out into the forest in North Carolina, going on a walk in nature and just sort of like let my mind wander, kind of walk around or I love reading. So I'll take my book outside as well and go read out there for a while, trying to get away from screens and just take some restful time. So having people in your life that can have helped me stay accountable to that and for me to actually schedule it in has been big because if I don't schedule it in, it's the first thing to go, right? Like I won't take it. I think a lot of us are that way that if we don't put in our schedule, it's just out the window. Um, So I think that's been the biggest one. And I think after like dealing with a lot of burnout after the Olympics, um, I just knew I needed to. If I didn't rest, I wouldn't be able to come back. And I still think I maybe didn't rest enough as as much as I should have maybe um, before trying to come back, which maybe caused some of those injuries and things. So in hindsight, maybe even a little bit more, but um, yeah, it's something I'm learning to do. And I think what constitutes rest for each of us is different for athletes. Um, Yeah. And then the last thing I would say is like, I think it can be really small. I think sometimes we think like, oh, to have a big restful thing, it has to be this big, like we take a weekend trip or we take multiple days off to get the rest we need, but it can be like 20 minutes in your week. And that's good enough to just sort of like press the recharge button for you. So, yeah. Two, two, two quick follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. A, how do you, do you have bad allergies? Cause you could, with you being in so many trees and stuff, I would be, <laughs> need to be sponsored by Mucinex um, and Flonase. <laughs> Cause I think I would just die. Like I couldn't take a dog in the woods, but listen, you, somebody, you will have to bark for somebody to come get me. Cause I would just be like, yeah. you know, backed up. Like I'm just yeah. curious. Like, okay, but yeah, I have allergies. I take some medicine here and there, but luckily like in most seasons, it's okay. It's really like in the spring, you know, when all the uh, pollen comes out and like everything turns yellow in North Carolina, especially I think other places obviously too, but that's when I really got to take my allergy pill like every day. But um, I would say most other seasons like right now or certain times in the summer, it's pretty good. So oh, I would have, I was about to say, <laughs> I would have been, I would have been gone. Like yeah. it would not have been good. And then my, my second question is, I did mention how I've seen, you know, how you've posted things on social media. Mm-hmm. For an athlete, 
and I'm, I need to start asking this question more because I'm genuinely curious. What is the balance between being vulnerable to mm. your fans, showing them the real without getting too real? Because, you know, they you, you don't know these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I said, you don't know all these people. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just me, you know. Uh, I, I just always put it this way. If you're not paying bills, if you're not frying my chicken, then you ain't, you don't, you're not inclined to my business. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I respect the vulnerability because it humanizes the athletes and it brings hope to people who are just like, okay, listen, it, I'm not the only one going through. So mm-hmm. what is, what is that balance between like too much and just enough? Yeah. I think, I mean, part of it, I think it's almost an impossible question. Like, (laughs) like it is, it's so hard to find the balance between the two. And I think to your point, it depends on the person of like, which side are you more leaning towards? I would say I definitely lean towards trying to be as vulnerable as I can. Um, Just because I think growing up when you watch the Olympics or when you watch kind of these broadcasts, even leading up to the Olympics and you see these athletes and these people, they just seem like superhuman, right? Like they truly seem like kind of these aliens that somehow made it to the highest level. (laughs) And I think that that's, that's cool. But I think sometimes the broadcast networks like do a disservice to like these younger kids that see these people and are like, Oh wow, that's amazing. I don't know if I could ever be that because they really do seem superhuman that they've overcome everything and still get there. But at the end of the day, I think when I started to get close to that Olympic dream and started to have friends of mine that had also made the Olympics and got to know them as a person and realize, okay, they do very similar things to what I do and what other friends of mine do. And like normal people, like, they they like watch a ton of tv sometimes they like (laughs) eat badly sometimes even though they're like peak performers and athletes and they have to take care of their body like there's all moderation in these different balancing acts that i think people have so um i would say i try my best to bring the kind of cover off of that and just show that like i am a regular person i do take the rest like you said i do try and have fun with my family I like to have a bunch of sugar sometimes, like I drink some alcohol sometimes, right? Like there is moderation in everything and in life. And of course, I'm still trying to be the best and perform at the highest level. So there's, you know, we have to do it in moderation, but at the same time, um, I think there's balance to it. And like being vulnerable, if I can touch one person through like a story that they relate to, then that's a win, right? I think that's the point of vulnerability. Like it's not going to touch everyone. It's not going to relate to everyone, but there might be one kid or one person that's like, oh, you know what? Wow. I went through a similar thing and now I feel a little bit less alone. Right. So mm. I think that's the goal. Mm, preach heaven rejoices at the coming of one. So whoever that one person is, I hope you were inspired. That was, that was, mm. shout out. <laughs> uh, what are three things that people do not know about the legend that is Miss Maddie Price? Three things that people do not know. Hmm. That's a great question. I guess one, I am like not a morning person at all, like at all. Preach, preach. Okay, preach. cool. I'm glad that you're on that same on that same boat. And I am Praise very lucky God. to have a, a partner, TJ, who he makes me coffee almost every morning. So that is huge. I'm just sleeping, not morning person, get my coffee to me and have honestly become a little bit of a coffee snob in North Carolina. There's some amazing coffee places and 
really good beans and stuff. So we've been like doing different pour overs, doing different um, like French press, just like experimenting with all the coffee stuff. So I would say that's also another kind of sneaky one is like love coffee, like kind of gotten really into that. I haven't really yeah talked about, about that really at all. So yeah, those are it was, was one and a half, two. That was two. Um, so uh, you're not a morning person. Shout out to TJ because I did see he's still balling on the tennis court. He uh, is. He's I coaching. Did, I did see um, you posted something recently um, that he won uh, his recent match or something like that. That might have been. So this was an athlete that TJ used to work with, this guy named Tommy Paul. So Tommy is now gotcha, the gotcha. of the Australian Open. Yes, exactly. But they're best friends and TJ's worked with him in the past and they lived together yeah. when they were both pro. So, you know, that whole that so same thing. So they all exactly. ball. So, yes, exactly. So, they're all winning together. Yeah. Yes. So shout out to TJ. Um, <laughs> uh, you uh, like what else? Yeah, okay. you, you yeah. like coffee. Yep. OK, which... another one. Um, I did musical theater a lot Ooh. growing up. Love okay. musical theater, love singing, like did that. If I got you audition a lot, it's a very hard song as a kid to audition for. I don't know why I chose that one because she just crushes that song. And I was like 10, like I can sing this song. Probably not, but <laughs> did musical theater a lot um, as a kid. That's one. Um, and then... Yeah, when I was in college, I'm actually meeting up with a few kids from this program. I was a part of this program um, that was a pre-orientation program at Duke where we would go out to the Outer Banks and we would kayak to these different islands and sleep out on tents on the beaches with a bunch of freshmen. So you'd have a crew of like eight kids, um, all freshmen at Duke, and you would all just connect and camp and kind of tell stories. And we'd do this thing called the hot seat where everyone would go around <laughs> and say, it's kind of funny. They would, whether it was like five minutes or people, some people would talk for like 30 minutes, kind of about their life story and just share about them. And it was a super awesome kind of vulnerable experience. Like we were talking about, we get to know these other people go camping. And I was a kayak leader for that. So that's something people that probably don't know, but love all the outdoor adventure stuff as well. Love camping. I, I'm just thinking about that last <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Oh yeah, that wouldn't be me. I'm not <laughs> sleeping on no beach. I'm not doing that. You know. I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, uh, listen, you did it, and that's why you. That's why you're goaded. That listen, yep. that is why you are the pride of Canada and San Francisco. She got the Queen of Genovia <laughs> kind of swag. Um, <laughs> but that I could. Oh Lord, Hammers, I could promise you that wouldn't be me. I don't do kayaking. <laughs> I don't do no. Because if I fall in water, we got we have too many alligators and stuff here in Florida. For just yeah, people. in Florida, like that's true. you know, I would go like a friend, like, oh come on, let's go to the lake. I'm like, well, you, you can go on your own lake and you can get eaten, um, and stuff like that. That's just not going <laughs> to be me. But you know that that does sound like a fun experience. I was just thinking, would I ever be brave enough to do something like that? And the answer is no, 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 no. I, Even I'll if there you. was no <laughs> alligators. I'm a lifeguard. I could save you too if you fall in the water. Don't worry. Alligator gonna eat us both. That that's how, how that's, that's true. Help. That's why we don't go to Florida. No Florida. We go to North Carolina. Probably a snake in North Carolina. That's even worse. So no, maybe I, a I shark. You're right. Maybe a shark. Listen, no, I'm not trying to be an extra on Shark Tale. So no, we're not doing <laughs> that. We are not doing that. Just let's do a face. Just do a Zoom. Let's do a FaceTime. Let's do a uh, a Google Docs or Google Meet or whatever. 
to Google Love Docs. It. Yeah. So <laughs> no. Um, but but that does sound actually really that is a very good bonding trip. Um <laughs> coffee. People on the show know that I absolutely hate coffee. No way. Um, I hate coffee with every fiber of my being. The first time I had a cup of coffee, I had heart palpitations. Because, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, and like it was, and I was so weird because it was diluted with milk. And mm. my doctor was like, uh, did you drink coffee or something? I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's it. So, you know, part of me mad because I had to pay $15 for him to tell me you you don't drink coffee. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, but I don't know. So why do you love it so much? So, like, help me understand the mind. Because I decided a long time ago that I would rather be tired for the rest of my life, which is pretty much literally what it is, than to drink <laughs> coffee in the morning. So what is it about the bean? of the coffee that just entices you so much that you want to try more. I even saw you sipping a, a nice cup of coffee too. I, I, like the, I like the presentation. You got the handle to make sure it doesn't burn like Usher. Don't yeah. let it burn. But you know, it, I, I just don't understand. Can, can you help a brother out here? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry that happened. First of all, that's no fun. Just to, uh, just do the hard stuff. Like, Oh, Oh, it's okay. You know, it's sometimes things have to happen for you not to be stupid and try it again. So that was just fine. That's my now you know. So, yes, now I know. Um, but I yeah. actually did drink a cup of coffee recently, and it did not give me palpitations. It was just nasty. Uh, okay. It was, it, was, it, it was even nasty. It was just diluted. It was like a mocha crap of fraps, uh, whatever, with peppermint. Um, ooh, I messed that up. Shout out to Duncan. Um, sponsor show. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know mm. how people do this. So can you help a brother out? Can you enlighten me mm. on what it is that that is so special about this? Yeah, I'll try my best to. I think, well, yeah, I think each bean, like depending on where it's from, how it's roasted, all these different things, the process in which it's roasted by gives it a different kind of flavor profile. So some of them will kind of be like, a little bit of fruity with a little bit of dark chocolate with a little bit of molasses with a little bit of like other different like notes that you can taste kind of imagine like wine like imagine if someone's wine tasting right and you can kind of have the different notes and the flavor profile of the wine i feel like coffee similarly has that depending on where it's from and, and all the different things that i said so i would say that part of it. And also it's just fun to make. Like, I just think it's sort of a nice, like calming meditative process to just like, you know, you have a, you, with a pour over, you have like these nice kind of circular pours and you're just focusing on this nice little process in the morning. It's yeah. Stay present. I feel like when you're doing coffee, if it makes me feel like I'm like present in what I'm doing. So, and then, yeah, taste wise, I think it's just fun to kind of get the different flavor profiles out of it. And it just keeps me awake and going, especially before meets. Like I'll drink coffee like in my warm up before a race. That's genius. That is yeah. genius. You need that boost. I would listen. I would drink yeah. some espresso. Watch me break a world record. I'm See? not even there kidding. So I, I I agree with that. Not gonna do it because I'm not fast. But I that I agree with that. Yeah. Um, See, <laughs> you you see this is the thing. You play in chess, not checkers. You play mm-hmm. in chess, not checkers. King me. Um, we we harped on it earlier. But oh no, musical theater. I'm really excited about that. Because I love, first of all, mad respect to you for singing Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You, because 
that song has so many angles. So for a young person to sing that, um, and I was when you mentioned that, I was singing it in my head. Some wait, some people live for the fortune. Some <laughs> people live just for the pain. And then so you have good. to go up. Some yep. people live. <laughs> some people live just to play the game. So that is that is tough. It. That is it, tough sledding, but I respect you going for it. What was it about musical theater um, that you love and just singing? You know, because singing is is just if you can sing, sing. If you can't sing, leave it at your house. But if you you can sing, just let everybody let your little uh, voice box shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah i I don't know how good the, those auditions were. Let's just say, like, I was little. I loved to sing. I'm sure they were kind of okay, but that was a tough song. I will say, to your point. But yeah, I think I really loved about musical theater, like, and singing that it just felt so freeing. Like, you can kind of be creative with it. Everybody has a different voice. Everybody has a different tone. And um, especially being in musical theater, you just got to hang out with your friends and dance and sing and learn different lines. And it was just such a fun time. I did it during the summer. There was like a summer conservatory at this theater, um, like 20 minutes away from my house that I would kind of get dropped off in the morning and be there all day. My parents would pick me up in the evening and we'd be practicing for the musical that we would be doing later on um, in the summer. So I just, I had the best time with it. I don't really sing much at all anymore other than in the shower um but why not you should it'd be fun I mean it'd be fun to like take some singing lessons just to learn more like I don't know how that's the thing I I think when I was younger I could sort of read music but not very well like I never really learned that much I just sort of like sang by ear and had a good time so it'd be fun to just learn more and take some lessons and try it out and yeah so maybe hey maybe you're inspiring me to get back into it just to try and learn and try something new I heard you were singing with me when we were singing Alicia Keys and you stayed on the note. Listen, now I come from a <laughs> musical family. Uh, yeah. My uncle was the first tenor. My mom uh, was, she, uh, she sang, she was a choir director. Uh, mm-hmm. aunt, I had an aunt who passed away. She was in a huge, she was, it's the Florida mass choir. It was a nationally branded choir. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather, he was in a musical group and stuff like that. I don't really know what happened to me, but um, <laughs> you can say I could hear it a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't say I couldn't, but I, okay. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't carry. I did some stuff back in the day, what? but I heard you can hold a note. That is impressive. I'm, I'm just. I'm like, why, why, why is she not singing? Like, why is she not singing? We need to get her on the voice. Put you oh, in, no. or what is it, the mass singer? You need the to mass- go. Yeah, that's what we need you to go. You you need to go as a blue devil. No, you know, you just dress up as Coach K. And yeah, and all of a sudden, just like Coach K, like, dang, I didn't know you had it like that. Rip it <laughs> off. Oh, it's Maddie Price. Hey, that's what's up. Right. Yeah, and then they just, yeah, that's what I'm Dress up as a goat instead of Coach K. No, I said dress up as Coach K. I said it right. No, no, no. Uh, but goat, no, no, so. no, no, no. I said it right. <laughs> dress up, dress up as Coach. Goats don't lose to their rivals twice in a row on their final. I just had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to. Hey, um, hey, hey. hey. It's know. all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cameron. Y'all don't come after me. You know, we we just trying to make it. Um, what was okay. like your play? Like I remember my play mm. that I did. I was Santa Claus in a school play 
<laughs> that was I have the pictures. We have to get them developed. That was back Santa in Santa Claus. I love that. Yeah, I'd love to see those pictures. That's awesome. Man, you just got this little black Santa Claus with these little skinny reindeers trying to push a sleigh on stage and I love that thing. Yeah, it was, it was something. Uh what what is what is yours? Oh um I'm trying to think of some of the ones I was in during those summers. We had we did one, um, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, of course. That one, because that okay. was like a. <laughs> we did that one, and then um, what is it? School of Rock, like junior, whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. Like just like those little ones, and then what else? Um, like Godspell, if you know that. Uh uh-uh. uh That's a that's an older school one, um, but yeah, I would say. Probably oh, Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat one was one of my favorites because I had a bigger role in it and the cast was so fun. The guy who played Joseph was super talented. So it was so fun to like watch him just be the star of the show. So um yeah, I would say that one. Wow. Those are kind of old school ones, but yeah. And then I, I feel like since then I love going to see shows now. So one of my favorite musicals I've seen recently is actually can it's like Canadian based on people in okay. Canada it's called come from away if you've heard of that Mm-mm. look it up it's kind of cool it's actually about um when 9-11 happened they had to redirect a ton of planes from the U.S. and they landed them in a tiny tiny town in Canada and it's about how like their population from when all those planes landed just grew like five oh, times wow. and so it's all these amazing super sweet Canadians who had to take care of all these people during obviously one of the most like traumatic and and crazy times and just all the different relationships and stories that come out of um, these Canadians, like being there to help everybody from all around the world whose flights got redirected. And it's just, it's really, it was beautifully done and awesome. Kind of a story about like hope during a really tragic time. It's pretty great. Well, okay. May have to, may have to invest in that one. Great. Tell me my friend, when you're not balling so hard on the track, what, what is life like? And when you're not reading and bald, mm, what, what, mm. what are we doing? What, what What's life like for the goat? Yeah. What's life like? Um, well, I would say one, walking my dog a good amount. My dog, Brooklyn, she's a Bernese Mountain dog. Love her. Um, I do mentorship for younger female athletes, younger girls in sport um, through a platform called Voice in Sport. They do a lot of like advocacy and kind of gender equality in sport as well. So um, I've gone to the Supreme Court a bunch of times and working with Title IX and um, yeah, just giving mentorship sessions. So whether that's on like training or recovery or nutrition or how to train when you're on your period, just like things that are, you know, very like kind of girls in sport specific that those resources aren't normally out there. So that's been really fun. I do a lot of work with them. And then I do um, kind of corporate and school speaking events as well. So um, have spoken virtually and in person to a bunch of different places, just sort of on my journey to the Olympics and overcoming obstacles and how to sort of develop that kind of grit and trusting that process mindset over time. So I would say kind of work on on both of those sides and trying to get some sponsorships and, you know, grind away as a, as a pro athlete yeah. out here. You, think you always got to have, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to so many track athletes that there's everybody's got these little kind of side hustles and things that they have to do to be able to support themselves. Like I don't have a sponsor right now. Like I'm not with a shoe company or anything. So um, I'm making my own money and making my own way as best I can and get some support from the Canadian government, which is great. But um, yeah, you just got to kind of figure it out and get it where you can. (laughs) That's the sad part about sport. Um, 
and we will get to that in just 10 seconds, but I got to get back on this barbecue joint. Um, so I, I, when I was covering football, I had a, um, a guy come on the show and we talked about the ultimate barbecue plate. And it is two meats, three sides, and the bread is not a side. So since I assume that you've had some good barbecue in your time in North Carolina, I need a two meat and three side special without, and then whatever choice of bread. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Two meat, three sides, and then bread doesn't come with it. So it's just separate. Mm. Yeah. Bread will come with it, but it does not count as a side. Mm. Okay. 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 Let me think. Okay. So I know right off the bat, meat um, would be a brisket for sure. I've had some amazing brisket out here. Also, some of my close friends and like people in North Carolina have also been working on making their own brisket. Like they'll just smoke it themselves. And that's been some of the best brisket I've had out here as well. Yeah. yeah. And then ribs, love ribs. What kind? Just like smoked barbecue ribs. What do you mean? What no, kind? No. St. Louis style or baby backs? Baby back. Okay. Okay. Yep. Just, yep. Just, had to, just had to make sure. Hey, yeah, I like that. Um, um, go ahead. And then, yeah, I would go, has to be some mac and cheese. Has to be for okay. a side, at least for me. I love, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. greens, like. Oh, my girl, right there. <laughs> I had nobody come on here and say collard greens, but that's what I'm talking about right really? there. Really? I'm surprised that no one has. I am surprised by that. Hmm. Um, and then I would say out here. I'm I'm like it's growing on me the first time I was kind of like what are these because I've never had hush puppies before but now but now I really like them now I would try them different places just to see what they're what they're like at all these different kind of places out here so I would say that just because I like trying trying them out because they're new to me but yeah oh man listen a good hush puppy will take your sorrows away but (laughs) y'all there's some power in that cornmeal (laughs) <laughs> that is that's made to do it. So, oh, I feel that. So, what we're doing about this bread, though? Garlic bread, cornbread, or uh, what's the other crap that they put? Well, I, I would, you yeah, I like cornbread. I would, I like cornbread. Okay, I just you you brought that up, so I just I just had to. Just I like ask that you asked that. What would be your two meats? Oh God, why you had to ask me that? <laughs> um. See, I would pay extra, so I'm going to do three meats. I'm going to do some sausage, I'm going to do some pulled pork, and I'm going to do brisket. It depends Mm -hmm. on where I'm getting the brisket from. So so, um, then turkey, if I can't get brisket. My sides, what are my sides going to be? I hate that you asked me this question. <laughs> I, I really hate it. Really despise it. So I'm probably gonna do I'm probably gonna do some fries, mm. some corn, not cornbread, but uh so that there's this place called Four Rivers. Okay. And they have this uh they make it's not a casserole, but it is a Dunkin' Donuts, not Dunkin' Donuts. It's a Krispy Kreme souffle. I got to 
bread pudding. That's what's called. It's crispy cream. Bread but pudding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. bread pudding, but it's made out of crispy cream donuts. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Wow. I, it, 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 it'll set you free. And some green yeah. beans. <laughs> yeah, and some green beans. So that that's my crap that I would and put on my beans. plate. Uh, what's the food scene like? Are you like somebody that loves to cook or are you just somebody that likes to explore the great eats in the Carolina region? Mm, I would say a combo of both. So like cooking, try and do a lot of good meal prep too, especially when the week's really busy. Um, but Durham, North Carolina has an amazing food scene and it has just been growing like crazy. Um, one of my favorite restaurants, actually one of my favorite places I've ever had sushi in my life is in Durham, North Carolina, which sounds crazy because we're not that, that close to a coast. And I don't know, I've been to some places where you'd think would have better sushi, but it is, it's a, an incredible restaurant called M Sushi. And there's a couple of different restaurants that this person has, have, has in Durham. He has like three other ones, M Tempura, M Sushi, M Polka, a couple of different ones. So I would say that, um, some really good Asian food out here. Okay. And then, yeah, just kind of exploring all the different restaurants out here. There's a lot of really good food places out here. A bunch of friends of mine from New York just came down and visited and they were like blown away by how good the scene was down here. So What's what's your go-to meal? What's the best meal you cook? The best meal I cook. I love breakfast. Like more I'll have breakfast for 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 breakfast and for lunch and like sometimes for dinner. So I just keep it pretty classic. Like I keep two really good eggs, toast, bacon, um or sometimes I'll do sort of like a hash brown scramble. So I'll get like hash browns from Trader Joe's. Okay. Put them in a skillet, put some like onions, red peppers in it. And then kind of put the eggs on top and cook that all together. And then you kind of have like a hash brown skillet. Ooh, eggs on top. Really good. That's, That's probably what I'm yeah. Okay. So, wow. All right. <laughs> you just get, oh, Lord, I know I got some of that in the freezer. So, we're going, it's going down soon. While yeah. I change my light, let me ask you this question since my stupid light decided to go off. Tell me, and I wanted to jump back into your advocacy um and speaking to younger women first off did you ever think that this was something that you would be able to do or wanted to do and how important for you we are you mentioned how important it is to get the message to them but mm -hmm. as somebody who has been through it somebody who has walked in certain footsteps and certain shoes of the people that you were talking to how is it important to you not just to bring mm -hmm. to them this message bring them this message, but relate, relay it in a way that they can understand and they can digest if that makes sense. Totally. I think that's the biggest part is like meeting, meeting the girls and the people that I talk to where they're at. Right. So a lot of it is just, I asked them a lot of questions and I think that was something that a lot of mentors and coaches of mine did really well was they gave me the ownership and they gave me the chance to sort of figure it out for myself, but still give me guidance. So I try and do that with the girls that I mentor is ask them questions, try and get them to sort of think through it. And then I provide them with some guidance or, or like a little story of an experience that I've had that then kind of relates to what they're going through. So I think the more that you can give young people the opportunity for them to answer those questions and figure it out while still being a guiding light for them is the most powerful thing I think you can do. So that's sort of how I approach it in that way. And then I think it's important to me um, in the way that you're saying it, because 
like I had some really great mentors growing up, but I didn't have a ton of like female, um, like mentors or older athletes that I really talked to that much. Um, and so it's been cool to sort of be that for other girls and answer like some of those questions that I think I had as a younger athlete growing up as well. So, um, yeah. And it makes me reflect a lot. Like yeah. if you're going to teach anyone anything and you're going to be a mentor to someone, like you really have to know yourself and know what you stand for and your values and what you care about before you can then teach and help someone else. So it really has made me be very introspective and reflect on what has been the most valuable parts of my journey or um, how have I approached obstacles and those types of questions. So it's been really helpful in that regard as well. I only have a couple more questions, but the reason I phrased it like that is because I was I was thinking about this. There's a lot of people who like to give advice, but there's a lot of people who like to give advice because they like to hear themselves talk yeah. and hear the sounds of their own voice. And sometimes the message that you need to hear is not there because it's just a bunch of hoosha John, mm-hmm. um, essentially. So that that was you have so much you know, experience in the highs, the lows. And it's really great to see like you as an athlete, you as a female athlete um, in a generation where, you know, you need female, you know, people who can stand up and help out. Cause I coached, I Mm. can't tell. I, and I did, you know, dealt with athletes who had certain problems. Mm -hmm. Heck as a coach, I needed a female coach alongside because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like when you come to me with certain problems, I, like you know did you tell your mama or something like that you know because I can't you know really relate to that but I think that kind of echoes the importance of what you're saying you need more female voices you need more female strong voices that can really really help um a general not even just young girls but I just think there's a lot of people who kind of need that totally Um, 100% and even I think like to your point too I think like male coaches too are starting to learn more and more, I think to your point about how to answer those questions or about how, like granted, yes, they can't speak on that experience because they aren't like a woman in that regard. But at the same time, I do think that like it has progressed in terms of like, there are so many male coaches that are coaching female athletes and, and like male athletes and and stuff. But I think it's been better to just see like, there's a lot more education on like how we can approach like a female athlete who is having her period or who is like dealing with X, Y, Z that like, hopefully there is more training and investment and education on the best ways to, to help coach these younger girls and younger guys too. Cause I I think it's, it goes both ways, but it's been cool to see that as well. What encourages you? What keeps you encouraged? Hmm. That's a good question. I think there's a couple of different things. I, I know for me, like externally, my family, like is such a motivating force for me. So my sister and my mom and um, like TJ as well, my partner, um, just like when I am struggling or or need a little bit of motivation, it's great to just chat with them. Um, Yeah, I think my family is a a big one that really encourages me day in, day out. And then I think internally, um, just knowing that like the end result is great. And like, that's what I'm sure we're striving for, but this journey is so special that like, I feel like it encourages me that I know that I can keep getting better, right. That I can keep like kind of working towards these things, even if the, the path looks really, really up and down and there's going to be a lot of downs, but the ups are really, really amazing as well. And just like really investing in that. So I would say that type of thing. I know that's sort of 
meta and not as concrete as I would like that to be. But I will say like my family and then just how amazing this has been. Like this track journey has been like, I get to travel all these places. I've met some amazing people and as hard as it is, sometimes it's, it's really, really cool and special. So just getting the other things outside of track out of the track journey as well is great. Last question and a half. It's a question and a half. Cool. Uh, I want to phrase this in the, the right way. Mm-hmm. When you go through those down spells, mm-hmm. And sometimes, obviously, you you mentioned it, it, it's just you. When it feels like you're drowning, mm. for you personally, what allows you to see the top of the water, or better yet, the light at the end of the tunnel in those hard seasons? Mm. Especially as a professional athlete who's competed on the big stage. Yeah. Um, what 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 is it in those in those valley experiences a lot that allows you that you lean on you personally obviously the family is is in your your you know core you know people around you that's huge mm-hmm. uh, but you know every now and then it's just sometimes you have to fight on what you believe you know for mm-hmm. somebody like me it's my faith but somebody mm-hmm. like you and you know your journey mm-hmm. um, somebody who's overcome so much in those mm-hmm. moments. What allows you to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think back to when I did feel like I was sort of in that drowning point after Tokyo, um, dealt with a lot of that post-Olympic kind of blues as they call it. Um, which I guess has, has become a full phrase where it has been for a while post-Olympic blues. Um, when I was in that, um, I think, the things that really helped me see the light was just trusting and seeing like, okay, I have overcome these hardships in the past. I know that I have the ability within me um, to overcome again. Right. So it's like thinking about the harder things that you've done in the past and knowing that you can do that again. And then I think just like actual tangible things that helped me pull out of that was one seeking professional help. Like I worked with a sports psychologist. I worked with a psychologist, um, just having people to talk to and work through the, those times where you really do feel pretty hopeless or where you really do feel super low, um, and are struggling a lot. So I think like not being afraid to ask for that help. And then I think in those times, like I know myself and other people, we tend to isolate as well, right. Cause you're going through it. So you feel like you need to just work through it yourself. And, I know part of your question was how do I do it myself, but I think like you don't fully, right? Like I think I needed to put myself in community. I needed to find community around me and put myself in places where I did have friends and I did have a support system because I know I isolated myself in that time as well. So I would say community and seeking kind of that professional help to help you work through those things and also just starting like getting up off the couch or like just going on a longer walk instead of a run, just like the baby steps that kind of can help you get out of that drowning feeling at the time. Last question before we do a quick, quick, quick rapid fire. What advice would you give to young girls who look up to you and and say, you know what? I can be just like her one day. Mm, Love that. The biggest thing I say is 
whatever it is you're doing, whether it's sport or musical theater or whatever it is, just continue to have fun with it. Like I think nowadays kids and ourselves, everything, we put so much pressure on ourselves because we have all this access to media and these other people doing all these amazing things. And you can put so much pressure to be exactly like them. But I think if you just continue to have fun and invest in yourself and invest in the sport or the activity that you're doing and just kind of progress in your own timeline, like your own unique timeline, then that will be able to, you'll be able to get to the goals that you want to achieve. Right. So I think I'm, I'm grateful that I kind of was able to play all these different sports and have a great time with it and continue to try and find the joy and the love in it. Cause I think that's what persists and that's what it was allowed people to get to the highest level is having fun and then trusting your own path. Like you're on your own timeline. No one else's. Maddie, you have survived the interrogation process. <laughs> now we are on to the hard stuff. This segment is called down the home stretch. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. If I ask you to elaborate on an answer, it does not count against the time. If you don't answer these questions as fast as you can, please believe me when I tell you, I really don't care. It don't matter. It's all good. It's all good. Like we say, I am the official reporter of Flavortown USA, author of No Filler. That's how we roll going here. So are you ready? I'm ready. If there was a food that you had to live with and a food that you could live without for the rest of your life, what would they be? Live without cottage cheese. Live with Nutella. Oh my god, that, that's it right there. That's why she, I forgot to say, you're planning to be on the proverbial gold medal stand and you just won yourself another gold medal. Won't he do it? I love that answer. Alrighty, if you could be in any musical theater show that is running on Broadway, what would it be? Ooh, 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 ooh. Any musical theater show that is running on Broadway, what would that be? Mm. One of the first show I ever got to see on Broadway when I was younger was Hairspray. And it was okay. incredible. I would say Hairspray, it's just such a fun show. Also, I have to say, I think you would be perfect in The Sound of Music. Oh, thank you. I think, yeah, Julie Andrews' character, that would be... <laughs> just um, see me running through the hills. Yeah, that that would just be... The hills are alive, just... <laughs> I'm just saying, that that's just, just be perfect. Shout out to Queen of Jacobia. <laughs> um, all righty then. If Hallmark came to you and said, Maddie, a, we make our little cheap budget movies in Canada. So you are perfect because you are a home Canadian and we want to make a show. We want to make a movie about you. Countdown to Christmas. What would be the base of the movie? And like the plot was, Actually, better yet, what would the movie be called? What would the movie be called? It's a Hallmark Christmas movie? Yes, and who would play your character? Name of the movie, who's going to play your character? Who's going to play my character? Okay, I would love Jennifer Lawrence to play my character because she's amazing. <laughs> love her. Um, and just great actress. Okay, and what would it be called? Christmas Hallmark movie. Why don't we say... Oh, gosh. The... I'm trying to think of Christmas time things. The plot is a runner who was born in Canada <laughs> leaves her leaves her home in Bay Falls because uh, it's always Bay Falls or Boo Boo Falls or Gingerbread Lane and all that crap. <laughs> and she comes back 
uh, to encourage a group of women when they sell her mother's store or some crap like that. Okay, okay. That, that's basically it. So, um, my brain was uh, going track wise, and I feel like I was going down the, the 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 side of like what you were talking about earlier of just like the pain cave, like the Christmas pain cave of like the Christmas boy. pain cave. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that, that sounds scary. It sounds like a horror movie. That's a lifetime movie. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> okay, lifetime. Hey, if you listen, oh, pick, <laughs> pick that one up. Gosh, that is a that was- life. And that's a Dude, good that's- lifetime movie. I like that. I hey, okay, maybe it's turned from Hallmark to Lifetime of just like the lactic acid pain cave. That's that is the four hundred, but Christmas that, time. Well, that answers the next <laughs> question. Like, what would you describe the four hundred to be? That listen, I don't know. We may have to put that on Netflix. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. You. I I like that. I I you know okay that that was deep <laughs> i don't know why that was very creative oh man but that's a, that's a good lifetime movie lifetime listen we gave you an idea because y'all be doing some freaky stuff on there um <laughs> you know so yes christmas christmas, christmas pain okay um if there was well actually take that back i'm not going to ask that question because i know i already know the answer the answer is alicia keys but if there was a trend that you could bring back from any era, what would it be? A trend that I can bring back? Oh, my immediate one is just because I'm Canadian and I think it's already back. It's not even a bring back thing, but I think just the Canadian tuxedo is amazing, which was just like the Canadian tuxedo means like all denim. So like denim jacket, denim on the bottom. And I think it's hilarious and awesome and like can be done in many different ways. What the? F- this nonsense that. Wait, 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 wait. Justin, uh, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. So it's blue. No, but it's not an actual tuxedo. That's just what they call it. The Canadian okay. tuxedo, it just means you're pairing like a, a denim top with denim bottoms. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like peak kind of old school Britney and Justin Timberlake when they kind of did it. But I will say, I think it can look really cool if you still do it differently now. Don't, don't be like them, but cool. Oh, here's a picture. Hey, look, GQ did an article March 18th, 2022. Now is the time to embrace the Canadian tuxedo. It's coming back. Okay, well, it can stay up there. All righty. That is, that is, that is, <laughs> that's all good. Um, shout out to Canada. Um, it, <laughs> I, I know I'm a, I'm a hater, but that's, that's just too much blue. You out here looking like the Pacific Ocean. We can't do that. That's why you do different shades of blue. Canadian tuxedo can be played with, you know? It has different, so many different creative opportunities okay cool that's an nil deal 50 shades of blue the canadian (laughs) we can do that if there was a 90s cartoon character that you relate to the most who would you say uh that character would be oh my gosh that is a good one Uh, i feel like i want to relate to this character a lot but i don't feel like i'm fully that type of energy but i think his i think it's funny because i think his name is tj in in recess he's kind of like he's kind of like the leader i think but he he's like he's yeah he's a leader and he's really funny but he also just like is sort of a little daredevil and i don't feel like and like very spontaneous and i'm not that spontaneous but i like want to be more spontaneous so maybe that's like my aspirational cartoon character that i i like you give me strong uh tommy pickles vibes thank you i think 
that's he's the leader of baby's gotta do what a baby's right. gotta do he he galvanized everybody he gave the speeches nice. he was the first he was a hard worker uh <laughs> he was a 400 runner he is, i like that i like yeah, that so okay. that's that's a uh baby's gotta do and everybody loved tommy and everybody loves you so that's that is oh, you're so sweet. that is the key you, you you know tj i used to love recess but yes i think um uh, tommy pickles tommy pickles or doug funny no mm -hmm. you can't be doug funny doug doug was a little scared but yeah, yeah. that strong leadership tommy pickles vibes all right if you could name a pet after any character from the office what would you name hmm I think it's so funny when people give like very human names to dogs or pets. And so I think it just would be so funny to name your pet Pam. Just cause like, <laughs> did you imagine you're just at the dog park, Pam, come here Pam. Like it just sounds so silly. Like I think it's the funniest thing when people like name their dogs like very human names. So I would say just that out of like pure humor. I've been asking this question uh, because somebody came on the show, uh, Tori Parkinson, and she named her uh, animals after a couple office characters so my thing was and i've asked like if you have a if you get another dog like do me a favor you have to name it um you have to name the dog bob vance of vance refrigeration um <laughs> or i would ask that you name it david wallace <laughs> just being a dog park david wallace get over here get right. over here right this instant <laughs> right this instant um if you had that that was just my request a couple nice. more questions then we're gonna wrap this bad boy up with a boat if you had to be a guest on any television show it could be a television show talk show whatever the case might be what show would you be a guest on hmm talk show television show anything I haven't watched much of it, but the Kelly Clarkson show, I think she's just so cool. So like, it'd be fun to just hang out with her. I haven't watched much of that show and I think it's just a talk show, but like, she's just amazing. So that one, or just for humor, because of my last name, the price is right, which just like feels right. <laughs> oh, that's that's the ghost. That, that is, that's the host, you're the host right there. Welcome to the Price is Right. I, my name is Maddie Price and I'm always right. So that's, <laughs> that is- uh, See, hire I'm, me right now. Price is right, you hear that out there? Hire me. Sponsor her, sponsor her ASAP. You're right. ASAP. Yeah. Uh, last couple questions. Last TV show that you've been, ah, the last television show that you've been watched. Ooh, kind of two part answer. One was Wednesday, about Wednesday Adams on Netflix. Great oh, show. Oh, I thought you meant yesterday. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, 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 that's confusing. You're right. That is confusing. No, the show called Wednesday, that one was really okay. good. Right now, we're also currently watching Sash Binging. The show called Breakpoint that's about tennis and ATP tour, um, both women and men, and kind of is is built off of the Formula One show that they put on Netflix. Um, that's been doing really well. So they just follow different tennis players and sort of the whole process of the ATP tour. So I've loved that. That's been cool to watch to see the behind right. the scenes. Three more questions. If you had to have dinner with any artist or any author from a book you've read or pretty much any genre of music that you uh, mm. have listened to, who would you have dinner with? Who would I have dinner with? Hmm. Okay, again, sort of two-part answer because I'm struggling to choose one. And they're both authors slash, yeah. 
One would be um, Alexi Pappas, who is the author of Bravey, um, who's also an Olympian herself, also from the Bay Area, competes for Greece. Um, just a super inspiring woman, um, has made a bunch of movies and film, is an author, amazing athlete. Um, yeah, she's super vulnerable. She's just incredible. So I would say I would love to have dinner with her. Um, and then the other two that I would love to have dinner with just to pick their brain because I love the research side of this is Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. And they are the authors of the book Peak Performance. And they've also written two books separately, one called Do Tough, Do Hard Things and one called The Practice of Groundedness. And they've done incredible research on performance, on mindset, on kind of everything in between, and especially on a lot of track athletes with Steve Magnus. So I would love to just pick their brain, talk research, talk peak performance mindset. I love that sort of psychology and mindset work. So I would say either one of them three, I guess. Well, you just have it all together. Just have a big old potluck. I love that. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what we'll do. If you, if there was anybody in this world that you would want to narrate a 400 race that you won, that you've ran over one, who would it be? I didn't want to narrate a 400 race that I won. That's a fun question. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> This would just be funny because it'd be so like calming and kind of the opposite. I don't think it would be good, but like David Attenborough narrating a 400 would be very funny. He's the narrator of all the planet Earth movies. Oh, and oh that would be really interesting. It would be, yeah, he's so calming and he's so like this, this little bird is out in the wild and so calming and like, I don't know, it'd be very interesting. So maybe David Attenborough. I like that. Honestly, I would say Snoop Dogg. So I was actually thinking Snoop, but he's narrated other planet. He's narrated some funny planet Earth stuff, actually. If you've ever seen, <laughs> have you seen on YouTube him with the the honey badgers, I think. Yes, have you seen I, I have. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about if you're struggling that last eighty meters and you hear Snoop's voice, he can push you through. They behind you. What you doing? So and true. obviously there's some words that I he would use that I can't say on here, but that yep. was something that I would uh, love. Last question is the most important question you'll answer. Why does kindness matter to you? Why does kindness matter to me? Um, I would say one, because you really can never know what someone else is going through. Like you never know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know really much about what's going on with other people around you. So as kind as you can be to someone, and offering them sort of a like a hello or some type of support can help go a long way i think when we can't read each other's minds and um yeah i think kindness is the biggest thing maddie you have survived down the home stretch you are a gold medalist <laughs> you are falling shock calling like i told her she running circles around y'all y'all can't get to the refrigerator faster <laughs> than she can get to the finish line of a 400. how are we rocking this year what can what can we expect from you fam Ooh, I'm excited for this year. I think the biggest thing is just being healthy again, like finally being able to actually run healthy, run free, and just getting back out there and running some fast time. So uh, my goal is to, you know, make that world championship team to do really well at Canadian champs, try and get on that podium there. Um, yeah, I know our women's four by 400 meter team for Canada has been so good for so many years. We've just been tipping the surface. They finally got that gold medal at the Commonwealth Games last year. So it was amazing to watch those girls do that. So I'm 
excited to hopefully be a part of a world championship medalist team this summer. That's the plan. So I'm excited to, to see where how we all do and get back on the track and running fast again. Where can the good people find you? Where can they follow your follow your journey and offer support? Thank you. Yes. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, I am Maddie Priceless, M-A-D-D-Y, and then my last name, Price, and then L-E-S-S, Maddie Priceless. And my website is maddieprice.net. Um, just has a little bit more info about me. You can find more about Voice and Sport, some of the mentorship, and some of the speaking that I do. And then, yeah, that's the main one. And then voiceandsport.com. If you are a girl in sport ages 13 to 23 you can um apply online for free and hop on some mentorship calls with me as well i will be sure to put that link in the show notes please be sure if you need somebody to give inspiration to your track team to your life if you're working a nine to five job and you're looking for somebody that's way better than tony robbins please call maddie uh she got you she's got <laughs> yeah. you she's got you all through it no filler that's how we do family i am so thankful that you took time out of your busy life in durham north carolina to come on the show of lactic acid I want to thank everybody for listening thank you for your support and we will catch you next time Thank you.